Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, this is Ryan Fraser. This is Troy Daly. This is Gus Boyet. This is Don Hutchison. This is Jürgen Klopp, and you're listening to The Big Interview with Graham Hunter. Thank you, Jürgen. I travel to all these interviews from Barcelona and our socios, our beloved members, keep us on the road. This independent podcast wouldn't happen without them. Please go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter right now to join us, to become a socio and to get every interview we produce without adverts and before it goes out on the main feed, plus lots of bonus content, including the chance to put questions to our guests and to me via the monthly Q&A. So do please go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter and join the club and get your family and friends to do so. Maybe even strangers in the street. Love you. We've had so many good big interviews over the years that we decided to draw together strands of our guests talking about really iconic people. With a burst of uh, creativity and imagination, which is sadly rare for us, we decided to call this the Big Interview Icon Series. This particular episode focuses on the mighty Andres Iniesta. Gordon Strachan, very mighty in his own right, is Iniesta's number one fan and says that he would never have believed that the standard of football, the great Barca side he played in, was possible. Gordon tried to coach against them. He's interesting on the theme of how difficult that was. David Moyes reflects on facing FC Barcelona when he was the manager of Real Sociedad. His La Real side famously won 1-0 in January 2015, causing an implosion and indeed a nose-to-nose face-off between Luis Enrique and Leo Messi before Barca went on to win the treble. And then Lareal lost 2-0 to the eventual treble winners in May of that same season. But in neither game did they manage to lay a glove on the Barca genius, according to Moisey, our guest. Someone else who knew how hard it was to dispossess Iniesta is former Swansea, Brighton and Blackpool winger Andrea Orlandi, currently an exceptional pundit on La Liga television. Andrea played alongside and against Iniesta while at Barca B, and according to him, Iniesta was quicker, much quicker than people realise, with extraordinary acceleration, and he was somebody who literally almost never gave the ball away. 
Finally, of course, we hear how Alex McLeish nearly signed a young Iniesta on loan whilst Alex was manager of Rangers. The bid caused a huge bust at Barcelona, forcing their hand about whether to loan out or start playing this small but blossoming midfield genius. Sadly for Rangers fans, Barca chose not to loan him. Barca chose to play him and legendary things happened. That's the kind of ground we cover in the big interview icon series. You're very welcome. Now, when you watch Barcelona, sometimes in a strange way it can get a bit tedious because it all seems that right, the same thing's happening all the time. There's nothing happening here. And then something happens every game that you've never seen. Yeah. Something will happen. Like Iniesta taking the ball, he's in 18 yard box the other day there. Turning somebody with his face is back to the opposite goal, beating three people, and the crowd building up, building up. Now the hard part comes after he's beat three, because it's quite an instinctive thing that he's got a pass to make. I would say nine times out of ten, people are going to misplace that pass because I've got excited. There's the final one, and that's the pass that counts to be a great player. And that's what he's come away with a pass that Neymar doesn't even need to break his step. <laughs> I, I, I actually think that. We live in a great age with everything, technology, whatever you want to call it. There's so many things going on here that you couldn't imagine 40 years ago. I'm also seeing things that I couldn't imagine in the football field 40 years ago. I didn't think football could ever get as good as this when I see some players play. Imagination, flair, ah. things I never thought I'd see possible. I've seen people years ago, 40 years ago, it was basically Jimmy Johnson, What you go one way, you go the other way. But beating people. Mm-hmm. Now there's all sorts of ways of beating people with the technique that they've been brought on. And saying that, What's allowed that to happen is the fact that the pitches are far superior than what they were 40 years ago. The laws of football have changed. The no-pass-back rule, you've got to play, the game's become longer, there's more space. And the fact is the tackling. Protection. And that's where we struggle in Britain sometimes, especially in Scotland, I think, because teams used to come and play the Scottish national side and we used to kick 10 bells at them. That can't happen now. No. The days of the midfield destroyer is gone. You need to be a midfield thinker who you can intercept and counter-attack. So all that has come together like the perfect storm to create Barcelona and the players that are there. They're at one with the ball. Maybe we could close by talking about what was a turning point in your year, I think, because you arrived here when the club was in a bit of a desperate situation. It was kind of grim weather-wise and you had a lot of work on your hands and then Suddenly you popped up one of those results against Football Club Barcelona, who, who did quite well this mm-hmm. season. Won the treble, set records, made the world fall back in love with their brand of football. Rather than talking about the win itself, which hopefully this season you'll be able to experience again against Madrid, tell me something about, as a football lover, being up close with Barcelona over the two games. What's it like? Is it an experience that you haven't had in any other competitions? Mm. At Manchester United, we got to the quarter-final of the Champions League, and it was great. You know, we got to Bayern Munich, and it was probably... Bayern Munich were a really good team and have been under Pep, very good. We had got to a level which actually last year no other English club got to. And the reason why I talk about the Champions League is because Barcelona have probably in the last 10 years near enough dominated. If it's not been them, it's Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. Now, Barcelona, his style is... Everybody knows we talked about Johan Cruyff and mm-hmm. probably the start of, of that period. Their style is completely different from MDLs. You know, even I think Bayern have got a little bit closer to it or a little bit towards it in a way with Pep. 
it's nearly a complete one-off. And actually, the majority of coaches, and far better coaches than me, have not been able to get results against them because you can't get the ball off them. You find it very difficult to put any pressure on them when you do the play round you. You play deep, they've still got the ability to score goals with individual talent they've got. So it becomes really, really hard as a coach to find a style, a way of beating Barcelona. So I've got to say, getting a result, coming up close against them was a chance to see what is it they really do. And strange enough, in the first game, we scored after, after a minute and then sort of somehow hung on for the rest of it. People forget that yeah. your, your co-keeper, Geronimo, yeah. had one hell of a game. Yeah, he did. I mean, but if you're going to play Barcelona... <laughs> you're not going to have it any better yeah. you know yeah. okay and there'll always be a day when Barcelona lose games like any football team yeah. they'll never always win football games there'll be, a, there'll be a day somewhere but in the main the best players like Barcelona top clubs will win their games for me the big thing was getting close to Iniesta Iniesta never gave the ball away kept turning out of trouble any time we got him in trouble changed direction with the ball kept getting the ball back we could not get close to Iniesta and, you know, for all the things they talk about Messi and, and Suarez and all the people, and on the night, you know, they didn't all start the game. It was Iniesta who was the one who I thought, my goodness, this guy's something else. It was like training. Nobody could get close enough to tackle him. You've done something extraordinary. You've touched on an embarrassing subject for me because when he was coming through, he was just a subject you and Billy were talking about earlier today in the canteen. He wasn't really trusted until he was about 22, which mm-hmm. in retrospect seems mm-hmm. demonically mad. You could see he was a good footballer uh, when I moved over there and it was the budding team under record, but he couldn't score. So my stupidity told me, there's a player who does everything and then doesn't have an end product. And I mm-hmm. stopped seeing the things he was doing well. And Xavi, I revered, and Xavi still remains to me the, mm-hmm. the, the greatest ever Spanish footballer. Mm-hmm. But the people in opposition to me, starting with you, mm-hmm. Gordon Strachan, mm-hmm. who almost word for word made the same points as you and yeah. people talk about Messi and Xavi. I want them to watch Iniesta. And also Xavi. If you say to Xavi, you're the, he's not even mm-hmm. the best Spaniard at this club, mm-hmm. it's Iniesta. You know, people who don't have your, your football training and your badges mm-hmm. and your experience, what is it we miss about Iniesta? I mean, I'm aware he's top, but to, mm-hmm. to put him in the pantheon you've just done... It's nearly difficult to explain. This is a bit about explaining Barcelona. Mm. You know, look at all the coaches. I remember the great battles with uh, Pep and Josie. Yeah. You know, probably about five years ago when they were playing against each other and two great teams and they ended up drawing each other, I think, just about in every competition and whatnot. Josie trying to find a way of beating the Barcelona style. So going back to Iniesta, if you press them, someone else will take his space. He'd keep the ball off you in a telephone box or yeah. thing. You know, he was, he was so good. His close control, his technical ability, how to shield the ball away from you when you, when you come into him. You know, he'd get his body between you and the ball. You know, he would unbalance you at times, you know, so that he could go past you. When you come in fast, he'd play past you one touch round the corner. Every time he got the ball, I mean, I don't know what his past success rate in the night was, but to me, I was thinking, he's never given the ball away. And he's, there's lots of players who don't give the ball away and keep it. But what do they do with it? But he was always looking to play forward, trying to play into people. Do you class that as a form of bravery? I mean, in Josie's case, and I'll say this, you don't have to, but well, for Chelsea and Real Madrid, his idea was, I'll ask my player, I'll have a strategy, I'll ask my players to play to the top, but I'll also impose ourselves physically. Mm-hmm. We'll see if they fancy it. Yeah. See if I can on the referee but I'm not talking about physical bravery and the idea that Iniesta might take a kick in for the taking on of risk 
wanting the ball all the time, doing Definitely. things where if you're yeah. exposed and you have the ball ripped off you, your defence will be exposed and it'll be a goal. Mm-hmm. I, I consider that a form of bravery in Iniesta's play. Definitely. And that's where Barcelona will take that risk. Teams down again get a little bit of joy. You might nick yeah, it off them now and again. But Barcelona do take that risk. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. for fun I could run like 12 kilometers every game no problem uh, you know but I didn't have that uh, that power that strength uh, that uh, speed uh, you know that sometimes uh, other players had and it, you know I always said to the to the wingers to the quick ones you know you don't know how lucky you are mm. you know because you don't need to to think uh, you know to think ahead of the rest you just need to put the ball long and run you came through you're of a similar age to Say Iniesta. I'm saying a little, a little younger than Xavi, a tiny touch older than Busquets. But you you played with Busquets. Yes. He came on in that uh, Copa, uh, Copa Catalunya final. That makes that must make you think about players like them because Iniesta was super quick in small spaces because of his technique. Not not a super quick athlete, but he Busquets again comes right into the description you gave of yourself about like he's always had to say to somebody who's quick or well, how lucky you are because. He's always had to plan about what do I do to get out of this telephone box I'm in with six players around me, but he does. So these players must, um, particularly because they're of your generation, you must have watched them learn. Absolutely. You must have an appreciation of what they've done. Absolutely. With Iniesta, uh, Iniesta was really quick, Graham. Uh, Really quick fit. Athletically quick. Yeah, very quick. Okay. You know, probably people don't realise, but he had so much speed, especially in the first the first meters to get out of that, of that acceleration, pressure. And that acceleration. I was more like um, into longer distances, uh, you know, I kind of uh, get to the, got to that speed, you know, but in the first, uh, first yards, first meters was uh, my biggest problem because obviously I'm quite tall as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, it wasn't my biggest ability, but with Iniesta, uh, it's, a, it's a different level, Graham. Uh, I wasn't at that level. So um, you played against each other, with each other, against each other, with each other as well in the in the Catalan under fifteen side. So I played, <laughs> I played with him in the midfield. So I I was the one, you know, getting the balls and uh, you know just for Iniesta to actually deliver and uh, and what play. What was your formation? Four three three there. Or? Yeah, we played four four two in the for Catalonia, and really? so it was me and him uh, playing in, in midfield. We we used to do these small sided possession games uh, at Barcelona. He wouldn't lose a ball. It, it was impossible. So you couldn't take the ball off him, and he never gave the ball away. And I, was, I wasn't at that level, Graham. 
uh, I, I have to be honest, uh, I wasn't that good. I knew that you caused havoc at Barcelona by, as Rangers manager, trying to sign, first of all, Leo Messi, and then that sort of <laughs> transmogrified into Andres I wish, I wish. Um, I, he might have got a game every now and again, I suppose. <laughs> tell, tell me about how it happens, because John, your son, is involved in giving you priceless information, yeah, recruitment John, information. John and, Jamie, <clears throat> John and Jamie were into that championship manager, and young fellas in here will, be, will know what it is. And, it, and he was constantly giving me names in South America, and then, um, you know, they come up. This guy, Leo Messi, is going to, going to be the best player in the world. I don't, he was 13 or 14, maybe, at the time. And you kind of dismiss it, you know. But then, <clears throat> when it came to the Rangers and we were downsizing, we were looking for new players, quality, to try. I, I, I needed somebody with, with some quality in midfield. Barry Ferguson, I think, had gone um, down to Blackburn. So we, we'd lost a guy who would have taken the ball in any stadium anywhere in the world. We needed players of that ilk again. And Messi, we were told flatly, no chance. Jan Wouters said, I'll phone uh, Tenkat. Hank Tenkat, yeah. Hank Tenkat was the assistant of Frank Reichard, the, the big Dutch, ex-Dutch international. And uh, Jan Wouters phoned him and said, uh, you, you know, with Messi, no, no, no chance. Absolutely no chance. And... Anybody? And he said, look, we've got a young kid, um, Iniesta, and he's, he's, he's a phenomenal player. He, he was only, would it be 18, 19? Just, yeah. And uh, we said, well, can he come to Scotland? And they said, yeah, we'll, we'll try and, I'll try and make some hay at Barcelona and get him over to you. He needs to, he needs to get some action. And uh, Monday, I think, by the Monday, Iniesta was called into the team and he played a stormer and uh, Rijkaard, uh, or Tenkat came back in the Monday and Hans, uh, Jan Wouter said, um, what about the wee man? Where are we getting him? And he, he said, he's in the first team squad now. And that was against Juventus in the pre-season game and prior to that, what had happened, galvanised by your inquiry, was that the Catalans. I didn't realise I caused a shitstorm in Absolutely. Barcelona. There's no, there's no question whatsoever about it that the Catalans at the club were saying to the two Dutchmen, Vouters and Rijkaard, we pay you, we stuck by you when the, the going was bad, show some bollocks, make a decision. Does he go out on loan or does he stay? And if he stays, play him. And Rijkaard and Vouters were both looking at Chelsea under Mourinho if possible, and I mean, every player six foot or over, every player an athlete, a runner, ability, yes, but physique and athleticism, always first. They both thought that that was the future, and then your inquiry came closer than anybody knew at the time, and I think closer than anybody's appreciated since, that Iniesta would have been sent out to you on loan, which I suppose, given that Arteta had already come to Rangers under you, yeah. and had, Arteta had left Barcelona because he saw in front of him in the number four position in front of the defence, Guardiola and Xavi at that stage. And therefore, there was a context for this. Yeah. It, it, it could have happened. It seems, okay, harder to believe now, given that he's become what Xavi says is Spain's greatest player. But you seize them, get the right information, 
you've got the right connections, and, and strange yeah. things can happen in the market. That's it. You know, the, the, the recruitment is, is really important, and you, you make people make a lot of mistakes. And, you know, going in to, to clubs that some clubs have gone into, they didn't really have a database. Uh, I had to put one into Aston Villa, and in the short time I was there, they never had anything, despite having all the tools. You know, they had the ProZone, they had... Um, Scout, everything, they had the analysts, but there was no database in there. And by the time I left, I'd left them with a couple of hundred names, you know. So that, that for me, is very important, you, you know, in, in any club that you have that infrastructure, and especially a club of that magnitude who can afford it, and they really should have had a, a, a database. Thank you for listening to The Big Interview. It's produced by me, which sounds egotistical, but it's also true. Graham Hunter and Backpage. Our music is by Beer Jacket, who else? Editing by Charlie McGarry. Thank you to our hosts at Acast and our loyal sponsors at Bet365. We're also supported by our socios. Find out how to become a socio, how to support us at patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter. Here endeth the lesson.